Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, I'm the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. And we've got, we've got two goals tonight. Number one, to make anyone who listens understand what Bitcoin is and how that relates to other, uh, how most cryptocurrencies work. Number two, not to bore you to death. Cause I know even <laughs> at the very mention of cryptocurrency, you know, some people are kind of like, Oh man, not more about cryptocurrency. And I was telling Danny before we started recording that like when Bitcoin first became an issue, like when it got in the news that one Bitcoin is worth like $10,000 or something, um, a lot of people did podcasts on them. And I listened to a lot of them because I don't have time to sit and research something to figure out how it works. And all the ones I listened to, while they explained some, they didn't explain the questions that I had as they were explaining. And mm-hmm. so I felt like I don't really understand this. And then <laughs> as, you know, when, when people talked about actually using it as a currency that would become, you know, something that most people would accept, I just didn't buy it because I didn't understand it. But it's not like understanding it would would make it easier to accept. Because, I mean, like, I have to assume other people don't understand it if I don't understand it, you know? Yeah, most people who use it don't understand it. If you have a dollar, you understand the dollar. Even if you put the dollar in the bank and the physical dollar is no longer part of it, and even if the bank wire transfers that dollar to another bank. Yeah. All that's understandable. It's not real difficult. But with Bitcoin, it does get difficult. It's not understandable. And that's why, that was the first reason I thought, I don't think this is going to, it might get useful somehow, but I don't think it's going to be a main currency for any big group of people. But still. Right. And, well, or, you know, the, I think the question that we could ask is, let's assume we think of Bitcoin as a, a prototype, um, a, a experiment in, you know, cryptocurrency, um, like a social experiment in, in cryptocurrency. So the question would be, can, can any conceivable cryptocurrency serve, you know, a, a nation's economic needs for currency? Or a significant yeah. part of a society's economic needs for a currency. I think that, and, and I don't know that I'm prepared entirely to answer that question or to, to, um, answer is the wrong word. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know that I'm prepared to offer an opinion about that right. question. Um, but I think that's what a lot of people, you know, people who get into the Bitcoin thing, yeah, a lot of them are going to end up eventually losing their shirts, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, the question is, is, is there going to be some, some societal value out of that? And along with a lot of other cryptocurrencies, there's, you know, there, there's several dozen cryptocurrencies out there, you know, doing their thing. Um, and each one is, is vying for, you know, the, the, the holy grail is of the cryptocurrency is that it is exactly that a currency not just you know a lot of people treat bitcoin as an investment oh i think bitcoins are going to go up in value i'll buy some and then i'll sell them later when they're up in value but in the meantime you've bought and sold nothing um 
and the you're just kind of of speculating playing on a market that you know there's no real reason for the market to even exist if that's all anybody does to it um, right. The only reason for Bitcoin to have a value is as currency, just like you can say, well, I think, you know, based on the way various countries are trading, I think the the euro is going to uh, increase in value relative to the dollar. So I'm going to buy some euros and then later uh, when its value has gone way up, I'm going to use it to trade it back for dollars and I'll have more dollars then that, you know, that's but but the euro itself doesn't increase in value because people buy euros. It, it, it increases because of what euros buy. Um, right. So, and, and, and right now cryptocurrency, no cryptocurrency, um, quite enjoys that reality. Yeah. And I, well, the thing is, what occurs to me as you're talking about this is, um, a lot of times the popularity of something grows out of out of something unrelated almost for example um you remember a long time ago if you wanted to have sound on your computer sound files you turned uh, say a cd into a wave file and it was ginormous and yeah there were different programs that would compress that and different different ways of doing it and some were better than others but one way came out in front and it had nothing to do with how good it was it was simply the fact that uh the illegal transfer of files used that uh way so the mp3 because of napster that's why it got popular and it's pretty much dominated ever since there's a couple people who keep holding on to other forms because they don't whatever like mp3s right. but yeah. mp3 is still the way to do it yeah and bitcoin did start to gain popularity mostly well there there were there were people who thought they were investing there was that but most of its usage has been in black markets and most oh, right, of it illegal right. yeah well wasn't the uh the recent pipeline hack a a bitcoin payoff or was that a real payoff I think most of these pay, I don't know about that one in particular, but most of the payoffs are with Bitcoin. What would be funny that- is if Bitcoin, Bitcoin suddenly became worthless and all these people who made millions of dollars via Bitcoin suddenly have no money. Well, yeah, but you know, the, the, <laughs> the, uh, crooks who, who are using it, um, you know, like, like the ones who try to, <laughs> get me to pay them because they claim that they've uh used my computer's non-existent camera to record me watching porn. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um the I I'm sure that these characters when they do have money in Bitcoin, they find some way immediately to dump it into a real currency somewhere in the world. Um do you think so? Yeah, I think so. That I I mean they're, you know, Think of that that it, seems it, like it, the smart thing to do, but yeah. I, but also if you think about it, I mean, which we'll get into later, but the more movement that happens with the money, and when you're talking about large amounts, like millions of dollars, um, the more, the more the money shifts hands, the easier it will be to find 
where it came from. In in my understanding of uh, with Bitcoin blockchains and the records, so, so some of them with Bitcoin specifically, it might be that way. There are others that that that's actually not the case. Really, and we can okay. talk about some of those too. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just start with Bitcoin. It's um, we keep hearing about it, and I don't even know where to start with with how to. The very first question you would ask is, "What is a Bitcoin?" And what the heck is a Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah. And, and is, is it like a dollar? Is, you know, it's it's a yeah. They'll, they'll say, "Well, it's a digital currency." So you have like like your wallet on your computer, and it stores it as bits, and then you can spend it. So, well, okay, but okay, like PayPal. Yeah, like why why can't I? If I could give it to someone else, I could make a copy of my wallet, and then I could give it to someone else again, and then someone else again, and you know why not? You know that, so that that's kind of the the um, the uh, the thing that drives much of what Bitcoin is is to avoid that problem. They they call it the double spend problem. Okay, and so uh, yeah, so it's and the the, the way like they do it is to keep you from uh, copying your money. Um, yeah. Do you know if you have a certain scanners, certain co- very high quality printers, if you try to copy a one dollar bill, will shut down, and a dealer oh, actually has to it's come. Currency? Yeah. Oh and, wow. And if and it sees a certain what? color, you put a dollar on there. Don't do that. I know that Canon was one of them, and there were. I think. Uh, I, there were a couple of them. Not all of them would do it, but a lot of them mm-hmm. uh, bowed down to the U.S. government and said, okay, if, uh, and we were told as technicians, if you have this error code, you have to contact your supervisor, that supervisor has to contact the FBI, whatever. <laughs> Not always, I mean, we had the codes to reset it, but uh, yeah. we weren't supposed to do it without getting in touch with our supervisors. Wow. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew about that some of them wouldn't copy currencies. I didn't know they shut down and required a, a field service call. Yeah. Especially if you've got like a, you know, a machine <laughs> that costs $30,000 and uh, you're well, at you work know. and it's like, hey, I wonder what would happen. And so you hit the copy button. All of a sudden it shut down and the company's like, what happened? Or you're Somebody tried to copy it off. Yeah, <laughs> this it's poor like clerk. For the you know? sake of a... Uh, like you're printing up a flyer, and in the flyer, you're promising, you know, like let's say it's a flyer yeah. for a raffle at church. Hey, you can win, and you have a dollar bill. You can win money, you know, and you say, oh, yeah. I'll just stick a dollar bill in there and copy that to make my master. Or Completely what if you innocent. like drawing another face or something, you know, and put my face on a $1 <laughs> bill. That's right. Because it's a specific color that turns it off. Oh, it's, it's not, not it's the not image itself. the design. Uh, yeah, there's a specific color in the dollar bill. Now, this is mm-hmm. these are early machines. Colors. Yeah. I mean, this is this is when color printing was still. This is when quality color printing was was still new with like toner machines and and small yeah. inkjet machines. So anyway, you know the digital okay, currency so, problem is you know it you don't need a fancy copier and and here's the thing take that thirty thousand dollar copier. I don't care if you have a $300,000 copier. If you copy that dollar, 
and then take that copy and make a copy of it and then take that copy and make a copy of it, you won't get more than a few copies in to where it's obviously degraded. Yeah. That's just the way it is with, you know, in what we call the analog world. But now we're talking about digital. That's why, that's why the whole MP3. Hold on Mm -hmm. a second. I got to. Sure. Hey, I don't, every time, you know, someone has to go over and turn on the TV for grandpa and get a show for him. Uh But it's like, I'm the only person in the world who who can do do anything. (laughs) But I don't. They do it here all the time. But she calls in, well, it keeps doing this. It keeps doing this. I'm like, these are simple things. Why do I have to be involved in everything? Yeah. That's kind of frustrating. Oh, well. So I had to... I. I think, you know how you got a remote and it's got buttons and sometimes one button gets stuck? Puts it into, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it'll get stuck down. So it sounds like that's what was going on, but I, oh, oh well. <clears throat> so I had to, hopefully she All got right. it fixed, but I don't even, I don't even know where we were now. Um, oh, no, we were talking about copies and, and, and okay. double spin. And I was explaining how the copier, after mul- after a few copies of copies of copies, it, you know, uh, it degrades. But the thing about digital, and this is, this is why, uh, you know, uh, services like Napster were such a threat to the recording industries, because once you have that digital copy, the copy of the copy of the copy of the copy, no matter how many times, retains the original quality. So all is perfect like the first one. That's right. Exactly. So that's, you know, when we talk about cryptocurrency, okay, you have your wallet and it's got, you know, something called a key and that, you know, can be used to to unlock the amount of money in your wallet and then you can spend it. But you can make as many copies of your wallet as you want. So how do you solve the double spend problem? And that's where they come up with this this concept of a what's called a public ledger. Um uh, so before, the, with something like PayPal, mm-hmm. the way they would keep that from happening is PayPal's got a ledger, and you you tell PayPal where to send the money, and PayPal keeps track of the money, and you couldn't tell them to do it twice because they'd be yeah. like, no, you already spent that money. You don't have it anymore. You have to log so, into their server. You don't have a copy of your PayPal wallet anywhere. Yeah. Okay. The money is with them or it's with your bank and they go into your, you provide them, you know, access to your bank or maybe a credit card, whatever it is. But the thing is PayPal keeps track and they have the ledger and everything you have to go to them in order to do any transaction whatsoever. It's completely centralized. And the thing about cryptocurrency, the, the key that, that cryptocurrency tries to, um, tries to, to, uh, unlock here is this idea of making currency convenient like um regular cash because you just carry it around you 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 know it's easy pull it out hand a dollar from you to the other guy he's got the dollar if somebody goes and gets that dollar from him there's there's no way in the world to determine that that dollar ever belonged to you i mean now maybe you know maybe if you left some fingerprints on it or something like yeah. that but my point is that in the nature of the transaction there's no way to tell where that dollar came from or that you ever had that particular dollar um and so cryptocurrency tries to be more like cash rather than a 
something like a PayPal or a bank system with accounts that you transfer money between people or whatever. But okay. in order to do that, they have to have some way of keeping track that, oh, you had this money, now you no longer have that. And so they developed this concept of what's called a public ledger, which another word for it would be a decentralized ledger, which is just, it, uh, it's just a fancy way of saying we spread out among a bunch of computers copies of the transactions that occur. And so what happens is when you have your wallet, you use a certain key that applies to your wallet and you have to provide that key to uh, somebody else and use that to uh, encrypt and sign a transaction that says I'm giving some so-and-so so many of my Bitcoins or so much of my Bitcoin value. I think an actual Bitcoin is, is a lot of money within the Bitcoin world. It's like if you think of a, a Bitcoin is, is more like say, you know, a $10,000 bill yeah. and you want to deal in pennies, you know, typically so so they've got denomination I, I don't know if denominations isn't the right word but but you know portions of fractions of a bitcoin right. that you spend at a time and so you say oh i want to give this much of a bitcoin to this other person and so you have to exchange keys you have to know the key of the guy you're giving it to and you have to supply your key that you're giving it from and then that transaction has to be picked up you have to submit it to some node that is managing this public ledger. But that's not the end of the story because you could go and submit it to that node and then you could go spend that exact same coin using a different node to record the transaction, send it to somebody else. So and if there's so, two people keeping track of the public ledger, you tell each one of them something different. Right. And then you've still got okay. this problem. But but the way Bitcoin does it, and the way a lot of these public ledger um, schemes do it, it's not just a couple of nodes that are keeping track of this stuff. There's there's you know maybe hundreds. When you of say nodes, nodes uh, you're talking about you, you, like you're talking a about node that a computer keeps the ledger. Yeah, a computer okay. that keeps the ledger, the storage okay. and, and computation. And so what they do uh, is. One of them will, will get the transaction and they take that along with a number of other transactions together, a few transactions at a time, and they add it to the ledger and then they share that with other ledgers and it goes out and other ledgers all kind of share with each other and it kind of propagates out, uh, so that eventually it becomes, okay, this is the new consensus fact that this transaction happened. And what happens is if you tried to double spend it, at one point, that transaction, that, that coin, uh, that you tried to spend in the one case here and the other case there, that's going to conflict and, and, and a node is going to see or a number of nodes are going to see that, wait a minute, there's a fork. Both of these, both of these ledgers can't be true. They contradict each other. Yeah. And, <clears throat> They have a, a way of resolving that and saying, okay, we're just going to choose this one as true. The other one's false. All the transactions past the fork are null and void. Everybody's now on the page of this one. 
And so that's why when you spend a Bitcoin, like if a merchant actually accepts Bitcoin as payment for something, you go into a store and you buy bread and say, well, instead of cash, I'm going to use Bitcoin to buy this bread. And so Mm -hmm. you transfer it. That merchant, that store uh, is going to have access to the network and the nodes. And then he's going to want to wait for a certain amount of time for that monetary transaction, that Bitcoin transaction to become the... Uh, the standard knowledge of the system so that he knows so you, that you didn't just spend that money somewhere else. And then he knows, okay, okay. yeah, I really do have your money now. And, and then the transaction's complete. And that can take some minutes to occur, you know, for it to propagate out like this. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the thing about this public ledger. Uh, the way Bitcoin does it, and there are a few different ways of doing it. Uh, Bitcoin does it uh, in a thing that's called a blockchain. Um, which really just means that it, it's, it's really literally what it sounds like a chain of blocks. So if you think of a block of memory that contains some data in it, and that data in the case of Bitcoin is transactions, um, mm-hmm. and that block is, uh, validated and authenticated based on certain, um, computations that are performed called hashes. Uh, that link each block to the previous block. And so you've got the whole chain of blocks way back from the very beginning when, when, you know, uh, bitcoins are injected into the system. And actually even today you can, you can mine bitcoins. They're, they're increasingly rare and that's by design, but you mine bitcoins yeah. by solving certain computational problems. But then once you do have that, you can go spend it, um, and add it to the the overall currency of the system. But as these uh, chains of blocks get attached to each other, and and um, each one is uh, each one is authenticated by the fact that it links properly through some computation to the previous one. And there's no way within the Bitcoin model. To say, okay, we're just going to accept where all the money is right now. We're going to lose the history, cut it off, discard it, and we'll start over. And now we're doing new blocks. In other words, the the blockchain, the public ledger, can only increase. It's always append only. Uh, they they never take it all and collapse it into a state. And so what happens? It and and I don't. I'm not sure that there's a a cryptocurrency out there that this isn't. Um, a reality. Um, what happens is yeah. that the as more is spent, the comp, um, the storage needs to record the state of the system, who has what money, increases, and it keeps increasing kind of exponentially as more people enter into the system and start engaging in transactions. Um, so now this. This does not seem to be a concern of anybody who actually works on cryptocurrencies. Um, there, there seems to be a fundamental assumption out there that, hey, it's going to grow, you know, let's say, you know, geometrically, but storage, I said exponentially, I think the assumption is it'll grow geometrically. The assumption is that storage space and the availability of storage space at a given price is going to grow exponentially and therefore the storage space available to maintain these public ledgers is always going to outstrip 
the storage deeds of the public ledger. Um, well, I would think that, okay, so to kind of recap this, the blockchain is a record of transactions. Yeah. And in order to each, each block make in the a transaction chain has a few transactions in it. Yeah. Yeah. In order to make a transaction as in, in in order to spend bitcoin, you add some data to this transaction saying I gave this guy one bitcoin and that goes into the record. And that guy, let's say, gives half a bitcoin to one guy and half a bitcoin to another guy. Now there's mm-hmm. two records added yeah. to that blockchain. All of it going back to the original, to the very first Bitcoin ever found and ever, uh, spent. Right. Um, and every time somebody spends and every time a new person enters in, the record just keeps getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And their thoughts are, but technology gets better as in we always seem to be able to make more memory in smaller spaces. So that's yeah. not going to be a problem. Right. But aside from, aside from needing more memory, each transaction has to, not each transaction, each edit to the public ledger, each addition to the public ledger, doesn't that also have to resubmit a new ledger? So that not only are you, are you adding to the space needed, but you're using an ever-increasing amount of bandwidth in order to transfer that data back and forth. Um, kind of the way I understand it, not it, it not really the the bandwidth uh, because the the nodes that actually maintain ledgers and you can I think anybody can can like set up and become one of these nodes and then and yeah and I'm I'm a node and you you can oh you are a Bitcoin node. So, so, yeah, because like the Bitcoin, I, I wanted right to accept is, it in case somebody wanted to use it to pay me to fix their printer. So I thought, I mean, yeah, you I'll can, accept Bitcoin. Okay, but you can accept Bitcoin without being a ledger node. Yeah, ledger I know. It's like I several know. hundred gigabytes big right now. Right. So it, the these ledger nodes, what you know, there's there's protocols for sharing, and if you decide, oh, I'm going to be a a ledger node, and then you you know you'll acquire the ledger from a variety of different nodes. It probably does, you know, kind of does like a BitTorrent kind of thing. Um, but then once you have that, my understanding is that um, it's only the new transactions that get distributed everywhere okay. uh, with maybe the last few previous. And, and it has, and, and so it's kind of the, okay. uh, th- there's a, a point at which you're not transferring the entire multi, Hundred gigabit ledger every time you do a transaction, um, but there is I a see. bandwidth problem um, in the sense that in order to spend money, you have to engage in a computation, and that computation requires a certain amount of computer processing power, and um, so there's a limit to the number of transactions per second that can occur within the bitcoin system and that that and that's those transactions bandwidth. that's called the scalability problem of cryptocurrencies okay but those those computations that have to be handled that's what the 
Bitcoin mining computers are doing. Is that correct? Well, the computation in order to find Bitcoin. Well, yeah, that's one kind of computation. But in order to um, in order to simply spend Bitcoin, like or to receive Bitcoin, a computation has to occur. Every single blockchain addition to the ledger requires a computation that makes the system cap out at about seven transactions per second, seven to ten, you know, depending. Really? Yeah. It, it, That's it, it's a it, real <clears throat> seven to ten per second. That's nothing. I mean, think about yeah, how... that. If you took that worldwide, I mean, yeah. Now I don't know if that's seven to ten per second on a given node, and that the and then the nodes themselves have ways to share them as long as they don't conflict. So it's seven to ten times the number of nodes that can accept you know the transactions. Okay. Uh, so that that's an aspect that you know. I, um, you know, I guess I should say to our audience, I'm not a cryptocurrency expert or anything like that. I'm, um, yeah, I've, I've spent a little bit of time. I kind of wish that I had been a, a cryptocurrency geek back when they were asking people to mine bitcoins. I could have mined a few and maybe yeah. gotten a couple thousand so dollars out of it. A couple thousand uh, bucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I probably would have sold it. Could have, should have, would have. So. There's so many things I wish I had done. You know, because we're talking about investing. So, all right, back in 9-11, remember, mm-hmm. it was almost like it was it was patriotic to enter into the stock market at that time. Because oh, it's like, right. no, we're not going to let them shut us down. So, like every good American, I thought, okay, I've got very small amount of money, but I'm going to try to get into the Buy stock market. Yeah, Anything I even touched just dropped immediately. <laughs> and, you know, with Trump getting in office, I thought, well, maybe I'll try this again. And I did a little bit more research on the stuff I was going to try to invest in. Mm-hmm. But again, everything I touched just dropped. <laughs> well, So here's the thing. Vicky, uh, you know, she she did her own thing. She had a hundred bucks too. We're mm-hmm. talking about a very small amount of money. Yeah, I was just I like, I'm going to take a yeah. hundred bucks and see what happens. I've got nothing now. Vicky, who also had a hundred bucks, now has like six hundred and fifty <clears throat> bucks within the past few months. <laughs> Everything she invests in goes up. So I said, uh-huh. "All right, I'm just turning over my wallet to you. You just invest whatever you want." With whatever's left of my measly, now it's ten bucks. I don't know. I'm surprised, Vicky. I'll bet. I'll bet I'm going to find out someday that she actually did invest in Bitcoin, and we have thousands of dollars to spend. She seems to have that luck. Yeah. Well, uh, you know the 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 thing to do would have back back. You know, when you first invested and it all tanked and, and, uh, went down, just to hang on to that anyway. And then when Trump came around, it would go back up and you'd already have spent yeah. your money and then you just sell it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, there are even right. some chapter 11s and some bankruptcies. Oh, okay. like <laughs> I literally yeah, lost that's, everything. That's wow, you really, I didn't have. Don't invest I only in had a company. few hundred bucks anyway. But it was just—it's crazy how unlucky I am in that regard. So I haven't put any money into Bitcoin because I know exactly what'll happen. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you know when it's it's time to uh, crash the Bitcoin market. I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll buy short, and then you invest. Yeah. I'll invest and then we'll we'll make some money. Okay, so I mean you're limited by the number of transactions that can even happen and yeah, when, per second. When so. I you know, even at you go to a, a a giant department store, say, or or giant well, e tailers like Amazon, they do many mm-hmm. much 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 more than seven per second. Yeah. Seven transactions per second. Right. But even physical stores can do more than that, you know? Yeah. I guess have, it would like even Walmart out. Walmart will have but, a row of cash registers open. If those are all open and people are all in those lines, yeah, uh, yeah, you easily get exceed seven per second. And, of course, as you said, the other problem here is that there has to be an agreement between all these different nodes. Um, yeah, before that the takes time. considered finalized. It, it can be and minutes. And so what do you... I, I, and typically, it doesn't happen in minutes. Typically, it happens in days, doesn't it? Or I at least it used to. Gotten, I mean, as as the number of nodes grow and 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 you get more communication between them, I think it happens faster. Um, okay, but but it's I not, know that it used to be it's days. Not instantaneous. It's it's not because I looked into spending Bitcoin once, and I wanted to use Bitcoin to buy something. And I all right, mm-hmm. how do I get Bitcoin? And he said, do this, and in four days you'll have. Bitcoin and I'm like, oh, four well, days. I wow, was thinking you know, in four minutes. If I want I'll Canadian dollars, I just go into the exchange and I have it PayPal. in four seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's even yeah, accepting a, that is such a huge hurdle for something like cryptocurrency that I couldn't see it becoming real, real popular um, without some kind of need being there. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be a need for it. Now, these are problems. The scalability problem, the the uh, the ledger size problem. Like I said, nobody's really working on that. Nobody really thinks that's a problem. Um, but there to are me, some that was the first problem I thought of, that, and I I, know, I read me some too. Forms. I was like, really, it's, it grows forever. You never lose transaction history. That's like imagine like okay we're gonna have a currency in the United States and for anybody to spend a dollar even just to hand a dollar from one person to the other you're not allowed to do that and the only way that that's gonna happen is if you go to you know your local public ledger and you write down you know that that dollar transacted between you and him and and you write down the dollar serial yeah. number and and so on and so forth I mean that's what it's like um, yeah it's like wow the level of of Currency uh, transaction tracking and uh, is uh, so extreme, with especially since even right now, very very few people use it. If if you multiplied what people are doing right now by a billion, then I mean, yeah, it, it, it could be fine as long as it's used in black market to... situations. But but Ooh. if every single store owner is is uh, making transactions with it, it's going to grow that in, in, I don't, I can't see how anyone would not think 
oh, wait a minute, this is a real problem, not even a little problem. This is a huge problem. And yeah. I, I read on some forums where um, a couple people were talking about it, and one of the mentioned uh, ways to solve this is to have certain super nodes that would keep track of all of the ledger and then various kind of sub nodes that would keep track of certain sections of of the, and one of the, uh, the things that were pointed out is basically now you're talking about banks again. Yeah, kind of that's, that's yeah. So you're, you're, you're adding a, a layer of centralization and yeah, uh, you know, except the, the only uh, thing would be if the, idea of the supernodes is that it's not like there's certain machines allowed to be supernodes. It's that there's a, you know, the supernodes are still machines that people or companies contribute and and put it online as a supernode. It's still decentralized yeah. and it's still based on somebody being willing to give up that amount of storage and processing uh, in order to, to serve that purpose. And, well, then unless it, it unless can, it took you know, us like an entire server to do that. Well, I'm thinking it would. Then it's not just like uh giving up a part of your computer, it's like designating no, it's like, yeah. a big computer to do that. It's, but which but means if you're a company money. that Right. But you know, it could be like if you know, if if you're a company that that sort of thrives in that world, you might go ahead and yeah. say, Yeah, we're gonna dedicate a Bitcoin super server. Yeah. Okay. And just put it on the internet there and, and let it do its thing. Um, but you know, the, the thing is, I, I can't get past the, um, the reality of the permanent and complete ledger. Every transaction to, from, and amount is recorded permanently. And in Bitcoin, now there, there are other currencies that are working on this problem and and some actually have solutions to this problem but in bitcoin um it's sort of publicly auditable what transactions occurred so it's like transparent like like if money transfers from um bitcoin wallet a to bitcoin wallet b everybody can go and look at that and so if if the identity of the owner of bitcoin wallet b or bitcoin wallet a ever becomes known, well, then everybody knows that that person sent or received money to this other wallet, you know, that that's, so there's kind of a, you lose the anonymity that's associated with cash, with Bitcoin way of doing things. I mean, if you have, uh, if you have wallet A is under kind of constant surveillance by the FBI, which I don't even know if they understand how to surveil things anymore. But let's say the old FBI who used to surveil things. Yeah, um, the Hoover FBI. They're keeping track of wallet A. Every time wallet A gives money to another wallet, um, that wallet becomes suspect now. And it's another wallet being watched by the authority. I'm, I'm talking about in cases of, of crime investigation you, yeah, that crime or uh, if it's generally... Cash is how you get around this. Yeah. But, you know, crime in, in crime is just, how do I say this? It's, we think of crime as in breaking the law and doing criminal things, general immorality. But at some point, the, I think, 
I think anyone with half a brain recognizes the fact that eventually crime will be being a Christian. And Christians will need a way to spend money with each other without being investigated. As Christian, right, right. And, and because that's how society goes. I, they just tend to, it's as, as societies kind of crumble, Christians are the ones who are attacked. And a lot of people think of Bitcoin as the answer to, uh, underground because it's, that's how it's used now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of underground, yeah, currency scenarios. They, they use it to pay for drugs all the time. Yeah. And, and that will be, oh, now, and the thing is, it can serve that as long as the personal uh, link between the wallet, which is just a series of numbers, and the actual human never becomes mm-hmm. known to anybody. As long as you can preserve that as a secret, Bitcoin works for that. But the thing is, you can still use the transaction history of Bitcoin to analyze movements of money in general, um, yeah, and so you might not be able to identify the one guy who's receiving everything, but you can identify all the people who have given money to him, and then you can, you know, because maybe they're not keeping their wallet secret, and and then right. you can start to see patterns and that kind of stuff. And, and, and so there are cryptocurrencies out there, uh, and and they don't solve the ledger size problem, but they do have true anonymity. Um, so, for example, there's one that's based on um, what's called a uh, called CryptoNote is is the uh, basis uh, for one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. CryptoNote preserves the anonymity of the sender and the receiver, except to each other. So, the sender and receiver both know, you know, if if I'm sending, I know who I'm, I'm I know the number of the account I'm sending to or the wallet that I'm sending to. And if I'm receiving, I know the number of the wallet I'm receiving from. Uh, but within the ledger that they maintain, um, there's they make it so that anybody trying to review the ledger from the outside um, only sees a series, like a set of transactions where money might have come from any one of these wallets and might have been sent to any one of those wallets and might be any amount up to a certain amount so that even though the exact exchange is recorded in a way that the money is useful and usable as money, you can never actually go and reacquire the information of the exchange afterwards. Okay, but then how... So you have full anonymity without... Auditable transact without yeah auditable transaction history doesn't that make double spending a little bit easier? From my understanding, no, um, because I, I mean it, it still has to resolve at some point. There still has to be a point okay. where they say, "Oh wait a minute, we've we've got you know ledgers that are out of sync, and one of them has to be accepted over the other." And there's still a okay. part of the protocol that that resolves that. Um, it's just that what it, it, what it does is kind of, um, it's like, let's suppose it's kind of like how a VPN would work almost, but let's suppose like, let's suppose that you're going to send, you know, a hundred dollars to somebody specific. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what you do 
And what you get a bunch of your neighbors to do is you all address letters. You, you address an envelope to the person that you're sending the $100 to. It's a $100 bill. You put an envelope, you address it. But you also address, you know, a hundred other envelopes to a hundred other addresses. And you get a hundred of your neighbors to all address a hundred envelopes to the one person that you're sending the hundred dollars to. And you all mail your envelopes at once. Okay, well, who actually sent the hundred dollars to who? Nobody's going to be able to figure that out. Except for the guy receiving it. And, and the guy sending it. Yeah. Okay. So the, it uses things like that. Okay. And, and there's ways to make that efficient within, you know, with, within crypto protocols and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, one of the, another one of the problems I see here is that, um, in order to do any of this stuff, you need some kind of device. You need computers and networking. Yeah. You, you I gotta mean, have your, your, you, you gotta plug in. You can't be off the grid. I guess, I guess you could have a simple card with a number on it. Um, oh, which is your wallet number? Yeah, so a wallet number would be like a bank account number or a credit card number, but it doesn't really take the place of cash because still you're you're part of the system instead of being able to just use cash. Yeah, it's not you, anonymous. Yeah. And I know that there are those... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that people really believe and accept that, that, that there are like powerful people in the world who really want a sort of like every, everything is controlled by governments kind of a world. Um, yeah, I, I, but, but there are people who would like to see currency completely replaced by electronic transactions. Whether those transactions are, uh, you know, credit cards, which are maintained through, um, transaction warehouses yeah. and, and then the money held in banks or cryptocurrencies with auditable ledgers. Um, if, if we're going into a world where cryptocurrency is a reality and that you're not going to get along without it, well, it would be much nicer to go into a world where something like CryptoNote is the kind of protocol used. Um, right. And there are a lot of people who are, are, you know, concerned about the, the anonymity aspect, um, that the, the, this idea of, of preserving the anonymity of transactions, it, it's getting a lot of attention from a lot of very smart people who are developing these things. Um, mm-hmm. but, a lot of the people who would like to see a cashless society aren't interested in those. They want the kind that you can track the transactions. Yeah. Yeah, that is the... For exactly the reason you said. Yeah. It's it's much easier to control any group of people when you... A, when you can watch the transactions. B, if you can possibly control the transactions. Now, of course, the other aspect of it is that that is really going to have governments like in a tizzy um, is taxability. So if you're like, oh, yeah, I'll cut you along, you know, it'll cost you, um, you know, 0.075 Bitcoin. Uh, and, and then you set up a business and you're cutting people's lawn for Bitcoin. Um, it's like, well, what does that mean in terms of U.S. currency that? 
you know. The, yeah, they don't have a tax uh, for Bitcoin. They only and, and have a tax for dollars. There's no account. Well, not only that, but but unless you know, th- there's no account like a bank account that they can say you know like like if you wanted to not pay taxes on those uh, that income today, you have to say, well, pay me in cash. Yeah. If you say pay me in Bitcoin, well, first of all, then you've got something that you can then use that Bitcoin, assuming Bitcoin achieves, let's say, through some some development, let's say it achieves mm-hmm. uh, a, um, a status as currency. Well, you say pay me in Bitcoin and then you can go use that Bitcoin for this and that. You can transfer it between wallets. You can make it practically impossible to trace specifically that you as a person – as a human being had any actual income especially and in there's small nothing to amounts. tax yeah especially yeah. if they're small amounts, they come in and then you know and, and they're going everywhere and and maybe you've got 30 wallets that are never traced to you and you know the wallet that people pay to have their lawn cut uh for your, your landscaping business is is you know never associate you know you don't ever do anything that reveals its association to you personally and so forth well, mm-hmm. governments around the world could lose the ability to tax incomes if something like this became a reality. Now, I know that some of the people who are in, interested in these kinds of things, um, that's exactly what they would like. I mean, so, some of them are are not leftist, um, you know, centralist, one world government types. They're yeah. more anarchist types they're more hey what do we need the government for we certainly don't need the government to um to manage our exchanges between each other so let's just make up our own and and go run with it and and that's something that that uh cryptocurrencies could serve but they can only serve that as long as the broader infrastructure of computers and networking and communications and so on and so forth continues to exist yeah um and that's one of the downfalls of it is that it relies on that stuff as soon as if, if that stuff were to ever go away you know let's say we had a you know world war three type of event or something like that you know what, what do they say i don't know how world war three will be fought but world war four is going to be fought with stones sticks and stones something. yeah so so let's say we had a world war three type of event or something like that and it's like oh everything that was in cryptocurrencies is now gone wiped away there's you know and there's no recovering yeah. it um whereas you can still you know mine gold and and stamp it out and put a king's face on it and say yep this is a uh you know <clears throat> this is now the official whatever. currency this, this is the currency of, of xyz of and whatever yeah and and then people can figure out how much a loaf of bread cost and that kind of stuff or how many loaves of bread you can buy with it if it's a gold coin so now with with um I mean, in current days, okay, look, ever since, not even, not even, I'm not, I don't even mean technology, computer technology, but with, um, at the start of the industrial age, mm-hmm. there were talks and stories of machines getting so big that suddenly it all collapses and we're back to sticks and stones. Um, <clears throat> That's always been a thing that people talk about. They always say the system's going to collapse. Um, I was watching, uh, what show was it the other night? Uh, with the guys go down the river in the canoe, uh, deliverance. Oh, deliverance. Yeah. 
So there he is, they're in the canoe and he's talking about the system and, and this is what in the seventies mm-hmm. and he's talking about how the system's going to collapse and then it's going to be back to survival instincts and stuff like that. So that I know that's been talked about for a long time, but most of our system nowadays relies on communication and, um, a lot of that communication relies on satellite links. And yeah, right now, true. we have kind of a race between the larger nations for space superiority. Sort of dominance, yeah. <clears throat> That's why Trump wanted um, to start the, the Space Force. Yeah, Trump saw this and saw how big a deal it was. I don't think Biden... I don't... I don't know... I, I don't think Biden understands it. If he did understand it, I don't think he would care. And I don't think his handlers care because probably his handlers are on, I don't know. It seems like they're on the side of China anyway. So, um, but I guess my point is China could, if they really gain space dominance, they could shut down most of our systems. Just by eliminating the satellites. Right. Now, of course, we've, we've created these huge networks that don't use the satellites. Right. You can, you, you know, can when, get when you're a, driving a, city to city, you're not using a satellite usually. Right. You, you can make a phone call from anywhere in the United States to anywhere without using satellites. And you can't, pretty much anywhere. I mean, there's pockets, sure. And you can send a data packet, a computer data packet from anywhere to anywhere in the United States without using satellites. Right. So at least we've got that. I, I don't know this for sure, but I think so much information. I mean, even though you can do that, there's so much information, even within the United States that relies on satellites for distribution. Even if, even if the information itself isn't being distributed by the satellites, the ways to distribute the information is more or less controlled by satellites. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like satellites are a part of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I I, I was bringing that up. Like, because I know to most people, when you say, if we lose the current situation, and people are like, okay, you guys have been talking about that for years. I'm just pointing out how it's it's more and more easy for that to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's been like a long time. It's it's been a reality. For example, that that like broadcast like TV, the concept of TV networks like NBC. Uh, yeah. They, they have the local affiliates. Well, how do you think they get their broadcast programming to the local affiliates? It's through satellites. Even though yeah. you can send data. From, you know, point to point in the United States, we have enough of a network infrastructure to be able to do that. But that isn't the only means by which uh, communication is, is done. And it's it doesn't serve the whole of communication needs within the United States. It's just that if we were somehow to completely lose access to satellites through some action of, say, China or something like that... Um, we would find a way within our country to say, okay, wait a minute, let's, let's get ourselves right here and, and make it so we communicate with each other. And then we can, you know, because I mean, t- gee, taking out other countries, satellites, that's like an act of war. Um, yeah. In, in today's age. I, 
at the same time, uh, we're having all these uh, these cyber attacks that yeah, are apparently weird. bringing down some very simple systems. I heard like meatpacking um, industry is, or the meat industry yeah. is getting hit or something. Yeah. You know, which we'll talk about that when we go over the news. Um, anyway, it it it's not out of the realm for things to come to a halt suddenly. Yeah, right. Or, um, if not to a halt, um, suppose China took over, you know, the major telecoms, at, you know, Verizon, Sprint, uh, Sing- Singular, yeah. so on and so forth, the, the network... Uh, wireless and, and satellite carriers and so forth. And now those telecoms refuse to transmit and convey information, uh, you know, data packets that look like they're being used to um, implement protocols that aren't approved for, you know, the network. But, you know, think so, protocols like CryptoNote. For example, yeah, these people now, are trying to spend money. Yeah, like, and oh, wait a minute! We don't Looks want like them to guys, spend money without us you guys taxing are it or trying seeing to keep, it anyway. You guys are trying to keep secrets. You're, oh, wait a minute! You're you're engaging in uh, you're a GNU net node. You're you're yeah. trying to set up a, a private network of peers that we can't look into and see what you're talking about. No, you can't do that. Uh, if you want to send yeah. data, if you want to transact with your bank, and you know what, in China. I guarantee that they don't have end-to-end encryption in China occurring. If you want to transact with your bank, uh, you don't establish an end-to-end encryption between you and the bank. Instead, you establish a encryption with the government node that's in the middle, and then they'll establish an encryption to your bank, and then you can transact through that. Yeah. Either that or they just force the banks to, you know, give them all the transactions anyway, which is probably more likely right. the way it goes. But the point is, um, you don't have an expectation even of privacy or even the right to establish a private communications in China. So imagine that. Yeah. Imagine a country where you do not have the right to establish a private communication with another person. That's the way it is in China. I, I don't... I don't think pe- most people even understand that. I mean, this is really 1984. This is everything's watched by yeah. the government in China. You, yeah. If you if don't you have want, private conversations, it's if you want to sell, you know, cars or, you know, anything computerized in China and they have secret keys that are built into them in order to, you know, protect their integrity and so forth, you are required to hand those keys over to the Chinese government. That's why every manufacturer, every reputable manufacturer that sells stuff in China has two product lines. They have the one that they sell to China because they got to give China the keys. And then they have the one that they sell everywhere else in the free world. Yeah. Okay. We're a little bit. Yeah, we've gone a little bit We're a little bit off now. (laughs) I think, I, I can't think of any more questions that I would ask. But yeah, I, that's, I don't know. I, I think that's. The I'm thing, always scared because we have a certain amount of understanding. System. Yeah, that that we already get certain things, and I'm always afraid that some guys listening going, "You guys didn't explain anything." I still don't know what the hell a Bitcoin is. I 
I'm always afraid of that because I hear other podcasters doing it, and not necessarily about Bitcoin, thing. but they'll talk about, say, a uh, they'll 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 talk about a certain concept and they'll say they're going to explain it, and then they start talking about it as if you already know what it is, and it's like, oh, oh. right, right, but. So I guess if 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 we did not do a good job of this, uh, and anyone us. hears this, I mean, you tell us and comments, right? Yeah, it's open to comments. We just don't get very many commenters, but um, and and we'll and you know what? Heck, if I'll we get delete any it and do it again. Questions? Well, yeah, well, we won't delete it, but if we get any oh specific yeah, if we get specific questions, questions we'll answer. We them. will answer them. Yeah, but um, so that's uh. Especially on this topic, because I'll be able to look up and find the answers and and find it yeah. and understand it in a way that I can explain it in a way that you can understand it, um, you yeah. being our listener. So, um, yeah, just ask us if uh, if we've left any. I mean, there's a lot that we haven't explained, but I've tried to explain kind of the 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 salient aspects of it that uh, that yeah. relate to the you know why it can be problematic. In, in various aspects of going forward in, in today's world. Well, you know, it, it's, it's a matter of, okay. So the podcast set I've heard that kind of explain the blockchain, um, perhaps the people explaining it don't understand it as well as I did upon hearing it. And that's why they never asked the question. Well, wait a minute. Doesn't that thing just keep getting bigger? And the answer um, is yes. I think it's up to like 300 and, gigabytes now is the Bitcoin ledger size. Yeah, it's big. But I, and I, I, I think hopefully we've explained it to the point where if you, um, if you understand it enough to ask certain questions, then you almost understand it enough to find the answer real quickly. You know what I mean? Right. But don't let that dissuade you from asking. Yeah. We'll be happy to answer the questions, too. Okay. I guess we can get into news. Yeah, let's talk about some news. news. (laughs) Okay. Um, You know what? I want to get into the ransomware stuff and stuff like that first. Um, Okay. Yeah, let's talk about that. So so a series of attacks, right? Yeah, there was a steamship authority, the ferry service in... uh, in Massachusetts, that was hit. Um, so what are these? What I'm are these my guys actually do? I mean, it's I, I I can't imagine they like take over like a ferry boat. They're like hack into a ferry. So we're going to steer your ferry. Yeah. Into so the, I don't. You know, I, it's, I don't think it's like that, right? All it says is ransomware attack affects the steamship authority. It That's could what be it like, says. You know, like it was a ransomware that got into their accounting system or something. Okay, but isn't that backed up? Can't they just... Couldn't yeah. you just take the computer and throw it away? Delete and it? And put a new computer and then... Bring a new server online? Boom. There, Bring your backup online. back online? It's, it's, I mean, I, it I do have a, up to the minute, a little bit but... to talk about that. I, okay. I can shed some light into some of these things. Um, not necessarily any of these specific industries, but... I am in an industry where I can see some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so you buy a machine and I mean, most people go through their lives without understanding the level of, uh, oh, what's the word? 
complexity. How, how something uh, performs very specific tasks. Oh, the and the you get a smaller and smaller of, tasks. Yeah, yeah. How how, how many the, machines are are very dedicated in in their function? Yeah, and and it's very specified. Specified isn't the word I'm looking for. Um, specialized. It's right there on the edge of my mind. Specialized. It's weird that I couldn't think up that term, that word. Um, most people don't realize how specialized a machine has to get. For example, I work on a machine that you know those, uh, you know the filters that you get for your furnace. Mm-hmm. It's usually kind of a, a, a some kind of stuff that the air can pass through. Yeah, but and then that dust. is surrounded by like a cardboard frame. Right. So I work on a machine that a giant giant roll of paper feeds into a machine, and it cuts those frames, and then my specific portion of it prints something on those frames. Okay. And that's, yeah, that's all it does. Talk about and how it's there's specialized. There's a whole building. Yeah. And this is there's a whole building cut that of printing? machines that just do that. The, the, it prints and, after it's been cut? Huh? It prints on it after it's been cut? It No, it prints on it before it's cut. Okay, so the roll's coming in and it's printing and then getting cut. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, yeah, talk about specialized. All I mean is you've got machines that do very, very specific things that are only a very small part of any product that you buy. So a pencil, uh, just think about all the parts in a pencil and all the different things that have to happen to make that pencil. Mm -hmm. Everything from the manufacturing of the pencil to how it gets delivered to a warehouse and put out on the store floor. Yeah. Uh, You don't think they have like everything. People actually stuffing pencils into those boxes. No, I mean, it's, it's right. It's all done by machine. Yeah. And um, it's not like, okay, I need a machine to put the eraser tip on this pencil. It's not like I'm going to sell 50 of them. I have to make a machine specifically for that and then sell it to a company who does that. Yeah. it's They're customized. Not, not just specialized, but customized. Right. They're custom made for specific purposes and... All of these machines, not all of them, many of these kinds of machines take some kind of computer system yeah. to either keep track of it or to run it. And, you know, a lot of them times you, I need to put this uh, eraser tip on my pencil. So I make a machine. Uh, how am I going to run this machine? I'll run it on, I guess, Windows XP because that's what everybody's using at the time. And I create a program to control the equipment and put this on there and then record it and then there I'm done I sell it to the manufacturer who uses it to make their pencils uses that along with yeah. a whole bunch of other machines e- like that each one just um, as customized so I made some mechanical equipment I made a com- I, I made some mechanical okay so I made electrical com- mechanical equipment. So I've got electronics controlling the mechanics of the machine, and then I made a computer that would talk to the electronics that hold that control the mechanics of the machine. That computer ends up being a target as, say, Windows goes up to Windows Seven and then Windows Ten. Windows stops supporting XP, but my program was written on XP. 
Now, that guy cannot just go out and get a Windows 10 to replace the computer that I made for him to do this project. Um, because the hardware that I made is only going to communicate with this old computer that runs on XP. You can't use Windows 10. The, the technology didn't transfer to the newer systems. So, this guy's got a factory and he's got a Windows XP machine in there and the entire manufacturing of this pencil it, th- there's a stopping point. There's a bottleneck at this Windows XP computer. And he needs the Windows XP computer, and he needs it to work. Otherwise, he's not going to be able to make pencils. Um, there, That's where the problems come in. And that's where, if you could say, hack that. It, and some of these computers, most of them are made to where they don't have to be part of a network. But sometimes they do have to be part of a network. And that opens up a huge problem for a lot of, for, well, just me. I have, I put my printers on a computer that might take Windows 7 and that Windows 7 computer needs to be online and the computer needs to be able to put it on his network. But now it's a security threat. So he's got IT people going, ho, ho, wait a minute. You can't put that on the network. And they say, well, okay, let's, let's create a, Let's create some software that will protect it from being infected. And so they do that and then they try to make it work. And that might And then they be... call me and they say, Yeah, this stopped working. And I come in and I say, Well you you put all this other software on there. This isn't you can't do that. You gotta take this off there. It's only gonna work as a regular Windows seven, not updated machine. And they're like, Well You can't put that on our you network. You see the problem here. Yeah. You know, you see, I'll give you. You could example. see how something like that would shut a place down, and it seems like something that shouldn't have happened. But yeah, again, I can see it happening. I can see it happening a lot. I'll give you another example. When I I, I worked for a little while at a um, place called Integral Technologies, they manufactured uh, video capture cards, and as an extension of that, they had a um, an arm of the business that sold enterprise level um, video uh, call it you know campus video surveillance um, so that you would have your cameras okay. out and they they all fed into one system and they had their rules for for motion detection and video capture and all that kind of stuff but at one installation and, and these are enterprise level these are big you know um, yeah at one installation things just like weren't working. They, you know, they'd get it all set up, start it, and then it wouldn't work. They eventually figured out that the IT policies of the place, and they just, and the IT people just went ahead and implement, implemented this and, and rolled it out relative to the server that was storing all the video. All the hard drives had to be scanned regularly for viruses. Yeah. And so constantly there it's like rechecking all of these hard drives and all the video files stored on these hard drives for viruses and just bringing the entire video video capture to a halt um yeah yes the you know the IT aspect is a real concern but at the same time there's a point where in order to get business done you've got to say well you're going to have to throw all that back right here in this instance 
Well, that leaves open yeah. potentially a vulnerability, a, a vector of attack. Yeah. I I probably get at least once every other week a service call where I go in and I find out the problem is that IT somehow either isolated the computer or cut the computer's communications because of vulnerabilities. And I have to say, this isn't going to work. Uh and the only way to do it is to, well, there is no way to do it. It's vulnerable. And so, right. you know, we find ways around it, which I won't talk about. But um, the the fact is that this is how these kinds of things can happen. Because it sounds silly at first when they say a meatpacking plant got shut down by a virus attack. That doesn't even make any sense. But then I start thinking about it, and I think about my own job, and I think, well, yeah, it kind of does make sense. It does make sense. Yeah. That's, you know. Um, So, So, yeah. I wanted to point that out with all these ransomware attacks, but I, I, I think what I said last week still holds here. I think this is leading somewhere. I think this is leading to some kind of government intervention. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. it might well, also say, okay. We're going to solve the problem by making all your computers comply with this government standard or something like that. Yeah. Well, it might also have something to do with uh, cryptocurrency because that's how most of these places are getting paid off. Oh, as you funnel more true of, of yeah, because every time a company pays off somebody like that. They have to funnel their actual real currency, their U.S. dollars assets into that cryptocurrency yeah. system. And so the more of that money you funnel into the cryptocurrency, the more the cryptocurrency gains credibility and status as a potential real currency. Yeah. So the government might decide, okay, we're going to shut down Bitcoin. I don't know how they could do that. But that yeah, might be really the direction that. that all this is leading. I mean, at, at, at most they could say, oh, we're going to, uh, yeah, and, and I don't know what pretext they would use uh, constitutionally, but they could say like, oh, we're going to make it illegal to run a Bitcoin ner- node in the United States or something like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, that would be, I think, about as... The well, for example, as do. I mentioned last week, it is illegal to... There's, I can't remember which group, but I think it's Evil Dot Corp or Evil Corp or something. It's illegal to pay them uh, ransomware, ransom money. Oh, really? Even if you need yeah, it in order to, federally. to stay alive and stay in business? Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah. So that's why I think, I think there's more than we understand going on with all these. Uh, ransomware attacks. Well, we'll have I to think, see where it goes then. I don't know. I just... I, I think the Democrats are behind this. I say that about everything, but I, I don't... This is going somewhere. It didn't start until Biden was in office. I mm-hmm. mean, it's always been a part of, uh, you know, American life is that you have to protect yourself against ransomware. But all these huge industries were not getting shut down. Yeah. And now they are. And now it's suddenly... This... Yeah. There's something suspicious about this. That's all I'm saying. That's true. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so the Swiss president has said he's broken off his talks with European Union. Um, I guess they were trying to get him into the uh, 
into the union, and he's saying, and no, he's we're just uh, not going to do it because of you know, you know freedom of movement, wage things, and I know, you know that I know that there's a lot of benefits that they hold out, but but uh, you know it, it's kind of a siren song there. So he's he's probably better off, uh, yeah, keeping his country out of the EU. Yeah, uh, UN Human Rights Council authorizes an open-ended investigation into the human rights violations committed during the uh, Palestine-Israel conflict. Committed by whom? Um, they're, I, say by Israel, they're not right? saying, but I think they, it's Israel. They, they're investigating Israel. That's what's yeah. going on. Which uh, is... and Israel, you know, Netanyahu is like, we we know what's going on here, and I'm tired BS. of it, yeah. but. Uh, they're still going to do it, you know. Meanwhile, we've also got um, uh, Lindsey Graham goes to Israel to meet with Netanyahu um, because they're talking about forming a new government there, and um, I don't know why he, Lindsey Graham. You know, he, remember how much talk he was during the yeah. Trump administration? Remember how yeah. he talked so big? And it was like, you know, maybe there's been a change to you, but you've always been a weakling. Yeah. And now that Trump's in, maybe you feel bolstered, air. and so you're going to do some things. But he never did anything. Yeah. It's always all been talk. Uh, the guy's useless. Um, and then, you know, I, there's still these these headlines coming up. Like, uh, Israeli, Israeli forces shoot uh, a... 20-year... Start over. Israeli forces shoot 28-year-old Palestinian man during protest near uh, Nablus. I, you know, I, I see a whole bunch Talk of headlines about no like context. that. And it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, and it's like, come on. Okay, you know, yeah, the guy was... They didn't you know, just walk up and shoot no. someone. <laughs> he, he, he was carrying a gun and he was aiming it at, at, at uh, you know... Uh, some embassy or some ambassador or something, or he was, and he you know, they, he was strapped with a bomb or something. <laughs> there yeah. was something else there that that's part of the story yeah. that they're not telling us. So we've got more of the same of that. Um, you know, I, Israel is, it's a shame, kind of what's happening. Um, I, I, again, we'll, we'll maybe talk about this more someday in a full podcast just on the whole Israeli thing going on. Um, Bill Cosby is denied parole. He will stay in prison. I didn't even know he was okay, in, prison. in prison. for? I wonder if he's got like a... I mean, I know like he was a, a scoundrel. I found out that he was like... like Regular prison. Like, you know, he was a... He was like having, you know, sex with... with with girls backstage and stuff like that. I, I forget what all they you know. Yeah, know but he, they, he they were saying they were dr- that he was he drugging do? them and was that what it was? He was drugging them and stuff. He was drugging them and then doing things and they, there's there was I you know I, I don't even remember because I I guess I didn't care all that much. Um, but he was one of the people who kind of kicked off this whole Me Too movement. Oh, was he? Yeah, because because it's. Because, you know, various girls stepping forward. Oh, yeah, he did that to me, too, like that? Yeah. Okay. And there were, there was a lot of women, apparently. I, um, you know, that's, that's, I mean, I, I know that the, that the, the shock to everybody and the, you know, the, I don't know if you want to call it irony, but, you know, he was kind of always known as the more wholesome comedian. Um, yeah. 
you know, compared to people like like Richard Pryor and and Eddie Murphy and stuff like that. Right. It's it's odd that the left has shunned him compared to other people that they haven't shunned. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, why is this happening? You know, why didn't they do this with Bill Clinton? Yeah. Um, I have to wonder if there was a political problem with him, you know? I don't know. I mean, if he did these things, he should pay for them. But I have to wonder yeah, why. Yeah, is there something else to it? Because you, basically they canceled him. Look, you, go try to watch the Cosby show on any station now and you don't find oh, it. It's yeah. not there. Right. I don't. I didn't see it on Netflix or anything. So, uh, Bill, Co- the Cosby Show, the the Fat Albert Show, you can't find that. A Even lot of these the shows, cartoon? if you want to watch them, you have to pirate them. Wow. You have to. You have to. Just just like a lot of the older movie, uh, Disney movies. If you want to watch them, you got to pirate them. So, I I don't know. We we grew up watching it. We thought it was hilarious when we were kids. Yeah. And I mean. Right before all this kind of started happening, the Cosby show was on Netflix, I think. And I started watching a few episodes and I thought, this is just this so boring. I don't know why I would like this. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just not funny. Isn't it weird? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's weird. Republicans have, in the Senate have blocked the commission to investigate the, uh, the January 6th thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the January 6th non-event. <laughs> yeah, I don't. We got to find a way to describe that, the way to talk about it, instead of the January sixth riot or coup or whatever the hell they want to call it. I call There's, it the non-event. Yeah, the non-event. Happened. I mean, it's like, but it's more than that because aside from nothing happening, they tried to make something happen. Yeah, and when it didn't happen, they still act like it did happen. The the January sixth. What would you call it? The failed entrapment. I yeah. That's that would be a good way to describe that's, it. That's, that's what that's it was. At least what it was. Yeah. The, I mean, with the the guards inviting people into the Capitol so that they can then yeah. come, you know say oh yeah look at that they're in the Capitol let's prosecute them. It's insane. Um, anyway, so the Senate did uh, the Senate did block it. This is uh, okay. Well, kudos to uh, this is the first filibuster used by the Senate this uh, in this this session. session yeah you know um, the Philippine Department of Foreign Affairs is complaining about China because China's quote fishing vessels are kind oh. of invading their territory um, I, I think that's just gonna keep getting worse I think China's gonna take most of these territories that used to be US territories I I think China's going to take them. You know, as China starts flexing its muscles... They they did it with British territories, but... Yeah. Well, these are opportunities for the United States to go out and make friends in the world by pushing back against China. Yeah. There's no way Biden's going to do that, but that's... No. That's what these are, are opportunities. And this thing would... This would not be happening if Trump were president. No. It wouldn't have gotten this far, even. That's right. Yeah. Um... So this is kind of weird. Uh, a major Austrian Muslim organization, they filed a lawsuit against Austria because Austria published a map listing the location of all the country's mosques and Islamic associations. That's funny. We, as Catholics, 
we we kind of get together and do that ourselves. You ever you know masstimes.org? Yeah. yeah, I need to know where to go. Why would I? I would. I want to so know weird. what. I, I want to know who people who are Catholic. Why would? Why are they hiding where their mosques are? That is weird. Don't they yeah. have to go worship and stuff? It's weird. It's odd that they would care. <clears throat> As if there's a whole bunch of people doing bad thing to mosques. Yeah, waiting. I mean, I mean, I know that they're persecuting Muslims in China the same way they're persecuting Christians. Actually, probably not the same way. They're probably yeah. persecuting Christians far worse, but. I know that, okay, in China, Muslims are being hit. And in other parts of the world, Muslims are looked at with a little bit of distrust by some people. Mm-hmm. But to complain about somebody saying, hey, if, if you're Muslim, here's where you want to worship. worship that, that's weird. Yeah. That's really weird. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, hundreds of black gun owners uh, from around the U.S., See, this doesn't make any sense to black me. Hundreds of black Are you talking about black owners. men who own guns or people who own black That's guns? the way, that's what I'm getting. That's oh, what I okay. think is going on. So black people who own guns go to Tulsa, Oklahoma and march there uh, to remember the Tulsa Race Massacre. I don't know anything about the Tulsa Race Tulsa Massacre. Race Massacre? I don't know what that is. But this is a hundred years ago. Oh. This is the hundredth anniversary. So, so this gunners, is something so that happened. Gunners. So black, yeah. black, uh, uh, but, uh, partakers. This in is our like new black Amendment party. Right. Yeah. Uh, these are, you know, like Black Panther. There's a lot of black power and Black Lives Matter chants. Um, but I don't understand why. Are there that few black gun owners? Yeah, that's weird. That hundreds come from all over the U.S. just to go to Tulsa. The thing is, um, in any gun club, there's more than black hundreds. men would be welcomed, and it's not like, yeah, it's, it's like, not like it oh, okay, you're a gun owner and you happen to be black. They I don't would, know why there's a black gun owner noticed. and a white gun owner. They it's wouldn't weird. notice as they wouldn't even be noticed as being black, right? They, <laughs> right. If a black guy came in with a gun, they'd be like, hey, come on over and shoot this one and yeah, let me see your piece and things like that. It, it's just weird that this happened. I, I think it it's way. weird that yeah. black gun. Why didn't white gun owners? What, what's a black gun? Uh, o- yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. That's what? yeah. <laughs> it's dumb. Chinese gun owners. And, you know, I got to. Oh, well. I got to say, did, did I ever tell you about the? I, I was looking for um, I was doing research on shoes. Because I want to, I wanted to get a, a pair of nice buy once and keep forever shoes. And yeah. so I was doing research and you know full grain leather and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> somebody posted a question. You know the the original poster was just naive and innocent about black men's leather shoes. And so <laughs> there was all this discussion. Okay, do you mean black leather shoes for men? Or do you mean leather shoes for black men? Black men's owners. Or yeah. do you mean shoes made of leather from black men's hides? <laughs> well, that's just disgusting. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but <laughs> just when you're talking men's, about the black, if you said black men's off. leather shoes, I would assume you're talking about shoes that are black that are made for men and made of leather. Yeah. Shoes made from black leather yeah. for men. That, that's what I assumed when I read it. Then I started reading the extra comments. I thought, wow. But maybe. He really stepped in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, people were obviously 
you know, misconstruing but, just for the humor, but still. Yeah. Uh, China announces that it will replace the two-child policy with a three-child policy. Oh. So couples are now allowed to have three children. How? This is so... That is so weird. That's like... Why, why don't Americans see the problem with this? I know. Why, why, why doesn't China remain, you know... International foreign enemy number one, just because of that policy alone. Whether it's yeah. a, what you know, any N child policy, plug any number you want into N, and they should yeah. be foreign 80, public enemy whatever. number one. How how can people not see this? How can people not see that they they kill children because you've had too many? Yeah, it's sick. It's like, uh, have you ever seen that movie uh, with? Uh, Christopher Lambert, um, kind of a B movie, but action sci-fi. I think it's called The Fortress, where his his wife is pregnant, but you're not allowed to have children without a license. I mean, it's kind of like the chi- like like China spread throughout the globe, and she's like caught and captured, and then he's put in prison, and then and and the the story is him escaping with her and stuff like that. No. I, I think it's called the Ford. Let me look it up real quick. I, this, he was in Hail Caesar. Did you ever see Hail Caesar? No. I have not either. Um, my kids tell me that it's it's a movie about somebody making a movie about the resurrection of Christ and the emperor trying to find out where did they hide Jesus' body. Yeah, oh, it's not called The Fortress, it's just called Fortress. 1992. Okay. Why are we talking about this? Because his ill, it's his illegally pregnant wife. That's the, the connection okay. to the China policy. The, the, his wife is illegally okay. pregnant, which is why he's imprisoned. It's, it's a, you know, if you like that kind of movie, it's okay. Yeah, that's what I would call a B movie though. Amazon quietly changes the terms of service to allow customers to file lawsuits. Yeah. Against um against like suppliers who are against them and well arbitrate demand on behalf of echo users. But see I don't know what hold on, let me I wonder if they did this in order to avoid a potential future class action or something like that. Okay. Echo is the kind of the Alexa uh, service. Oh, and that's right. I guess people were suing. Here's the problem. If you want to use it, you sign all kinds of agreements. Yeah. One of those is I can't sue Amazon or Echo, I think. And um, instead of suing, you have to use an uh, arbitration, arbitration service. Right. Um, the thing is, I guess they're only talking about Echo users. Oh, okay. I don't okay. think they're talking about general, generally suing well, I'm Amazon not an because because I'm not going to bring a surveillance yeah, tool into my home anyway. There are, I guess, currently something like seventy-five thousand arbitration demands on behalf of Echo users. Oh, and they're and overloading the overwhelming. They're overloading the arbitration yeah. company. So I was like, you know what? Let's go ahead and dump this onto the civil courts. <laughs> I. I That's think these arbitration agreements should all be uh, eliminated. I I wish the government would step in here, and I don't like the government stepping in on anything. 
But in this case, I wish that, uh, I wish all these arbitration agreements that most people have signed and have no idea they've signed them. And, yeah, I guess if they have no idea they signed them, that would be one thing. I'm, I'm not against the concept of third-party arbitration rather than, you know, civil Well, court. I mean, I mean, most people, if, if, like, if you own a credit card, you can't just sue the credit card company. Yeah. I mean, if you have a cell phone. As a matter of fact, almost anything you use that you sign for nowadays, yeah, you're signing uh, away your rights uh, to sue. An arbitration um, agreement instead. And if you're employed, you're also often sign away your right to sue your employer. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is a huge problem, yeah. uh, especially with Amazon. Now, Amazon, I worked at Amazon for a while. Uh, there was a guy there who was kind of a creep. Everybody knew he was a creep. And one of the girls there was back in, a, in one of the little aisles doing normal picking stuff. And he, he, uh, kind of trapped her in that aisle and made a move on her. And it was to the point of being, um, I guess groping, assault. I don't know what you would call it. Wow. But he's touching her and she's, you'd get in pretty big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a huge deal. Um, this guy was not fired. Wow. They moved him to another facilities and I think he even got a pay. And she was told she's not allowed to talk about it with anyone. And she, or she you know, kind of went, yeah. And she, she went to a lawyer and he said, look, you, you can't sue them. There's nothing you can do. Well, okay. But short of suing them, I mean, you can, can you can file an arbitration. She's not well, allowed to talk about it either. Well, okay. But not allowed to talk about it or what? Uh, or they can sue her. They can sue her. She can't sue them. Oh, so she's she actually signed an agreement. So you sign an agreement Same. when you get hired that I'm not going to go talk about my company oh, in wow. a bad light. Okay, that's interesting. So by by bringing this up so, now, are you violating that agreement? I mean, you're not opening your. I'm not. Up, are you? Because you're talking about Amazon I, in a bad light, and you used to work for them. Yeah, I kind of don't care. Um, <laughs> well, you can't split. If they sue me, what the are they going to get? There's nothing to. <laughs> That's yeah, true. you can't get blood out of a turnip. So it's one of the 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 great things about being poor is I guess they could throw me in jail, but at that point, um But we don't have don't any know. such then thing I'd as talk all the jail. more. Jail. Yeah. So you, you, um, I mean you can sue somebody for damages, but you don't go to jail except for a yeah. crimp crime. And of course I'm not mentioning any names That's other true. than Amazon. Amazon. And this yeah. was policy and this is what they did and it was like there was nothing she could do I just I think people don't think about that kind of a situation when you're signing up to get a job you know I just want to go work and earn money and and feed my family and I'm signing up to not be able to defend myself when some guy gropes me you know I, I think that's criminal I don't think I don't think these arbitration uh, agreements should hold up in court, but they do. And I think that might be because of a over, uh, I don't know, of a, of a court system that's kind of Overworked under anyway. a heavy load already. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what the answer is. I just don't think this is the answer. Did you know uh, eBay stopped... Use, uh, no longer allows users to use PayPal. Really? Well, kudos to them. Why do you say that? I've always hated PayPal. Oh, did you? Yeah. 
Well, I, they've been making a lot of uh, political decisions that really make me angry. But from the start, to me, PayPal was um, – this is an easy way for the common guy who wants to own a small business but can't pay uh, fees to these giant credit card companies. You know what? This is an easy way to sidestep the credit card companies. That's why I like them. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I, I – I had a uh, uh, an incident with PayPal. I, I used it for something or else, something or other. Signed up a credit mm-hmm. card. Um, had the credit card number in the system. Then it, you know, time went by. Didn't you? You know, you know, life happened. Time goes by. Whatever. But I, you know, I had yeah. the same credit card. So it's like, oh, I need to do some PayPal stuff. I'll set up a PayPal cut. Put the credit card number in. Oh, you can't do that because that credit card's already in an account. Um, something like that. Yeah. And. In order to use the account, you have to, you know, go into the original account that the credit card's in and then you get, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, the account is tied to your email address. Um, well, that email address doesn't exist anymore. And I tell you, there, yeah. there was, I mean, because I, I had moved, the email address literally did not exist anymore. And there yeah. was no recourse. PayPal could not solve the problem. I thought, these guys are such nincompoops. And so incompetent to not be able to solve this problem, I've just refused to deal with them since then. Uh, on a technological right. level, I decided they're nincompoops. Okay. I see. To me, I can see this happening. I can see why it happens. All you had to do is cancel the credit card number and use another credit card. Yeah, like I should have to do that. I, well, you're the one who lost the email address and everything. No. Why are you blaming them? The email address doesn't exist anymore because that was back in the day when your ISP was your local provider. If you moved, you had a different email address by definition. This should have been a problem that PayPal should have been ready for for people. This, you, nobody had .gmail.com. Okay, but you lost the email. You lost the, you moved, you lost the, uh, Password to log into that PayPal account and be able to change your email address, right? I don't remember whether whether it was that I lost the password or or they that it was that they needed to send something to that email address in order to log in. Okay, could be that. But it whatever it was, it was a problem that a a within that era a technology company should have had a way to resolve. And they could not resolve it. And I decided that they're nincompoops. Because I deal with... I I think I'm the only one in my family who actually keeps track of account names and numbers and passwords and stuff. (laughs) I am constantly seeing this in my household with all the other members of the family. Because they register something and then they no longer have that email and then they can't... And I see it happen a whole lot. Yeah. Probably... Three or four times a year with various companies. And it's like, well, I don't know what to say. You should have kept track of your stuff. I do that now. All right. In fact, it's, you know, the the modern uh, trend of making people have X number of complexities within their email address. You have to have so many of this kind of thing, so many of that kind of thing. And then you have to, you know, some places will even make you change it every three months and stuff like that. Um, Yeah. Those things, it, you know, it's ridiculous. It and, and in fact, what it does is it make things makes things less secure because 
the only way you're going to keep track of it, especially like it, it's like, well, okay, they tell you don't use the same email address ever, or not email address, don't use the same password for everything. Because if somebody cracks one, they've got it all, whatever. So you got to have all these different passwords and stuff. The only way for a lot of people to keep track of it is to write it down. Because a lot of people who need to keep track of this stuff, uh, they can't necessarily, you know, I know that they have these so-called password managers out there and they're just so inconvenient and some people probably can't even figure out how to use them. So ultimately, I think this stuff actually makes, makes things less secure than if they would I think it probably does stuff because he you know you, you yeah. get into somebody's desk and it's like okay wait a minute let me just find the right drawer and I can see oh yeah there's where he's got all his passwords written down now I yeah. don't do that I don't write them down like that and leave them around but but I, I there there are people who do and I think there are more people who do that than who would have crackable passwords if you just throttled back you know the the level of requirements on some of these Just some of the rules yeah but i i do i do have a way of keeping track of all of mine now okay so you hate paypal but i don't like or PayPal. you dislike them yeah um okay i they've been the main way that i've made money for the past 20 years oh, so okay well in that case I, <laughs> uh, there are other options to that anyway but they they yeah i know there are now but for a while there weren't yeah paypal would either you pay a whole bunch of money to accept credit cards or you use use PayPal. PayPal. That used to be it. Cheap and easy. And they enabled a lot of people, small guys, to make money. Uh, So we've suspended all oil and gas drilling in Alaska. Really? Or at least in Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. uh, Pending further investigation or whatever. Um, Investigation of what? I don't know. How it... Uh, the environmental impacts. Hundreds of feet below so the ground stupid. impacts the environment of birds and stuff? Yeah. I'll tell it's, you what it is. It's until we are more dependent on Arabian oil is what it really is. Yeah. That, that's whatever. what it is. I, 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 gosh. It's BS. The, the Biden administration is such a joke. Yeah. I don't understand this one. U.S. Department of Homeland Security terminates the the remain in Mexico policy. Oh, this was so, where if you apply for asylum, so Trump instituted the, the yeah, idea. You, okay, you okay. Probably, you've got to stay where you're coming from. You, you can't you can't come into the country, apply for asylum, and then expect to be let go free to roam around our country yeah. and disappear down a rabbit hole. You stay in Mexico or wherever country of origin while you apply for asylum, and if you're granted it, then you come into this country. Mm-hmm. And so that's the Remain in Mexico so, policy, and Biden is, is cheap labor is on its way back. Yep, that's right. So you know we're we're you know, the the Democrats all the people who got pay class. raises over the past four years can expect them to disappear soon. You know that's that's the thing. The Democrats have always been about slavery, and this is you know the the Mexican slavery influx yeah. is their new path to to having a uh, a slave labor force. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, Okay, Australian and Chinese researchers announced the discovery of two new distinct species of woolly flying squirrels in the Himalayan. Wow. In the uh, in Himalayas. I Why see, is that news? This goes back to what we talked about yesterday. Um, I don't believe it. Well, I don't yeah. think they are two distinct species. 
I think you could. Oh, is it? Based I think on you DNA? could make these two animals. No, I don't know if it's the. I don't think it is even. I think they're just announcing they found two new squirrels. But the thing is, two new very very. I don't. It's like uh, it's, why it's like, are they different species? Yeah, maybe they're yeah. It, you could probably make them why not subspecies or and something? the results would be you know each would be reproducible with with the parent stock that you know that's yeah that's usually what species what delineates a species from just a variant within a species or at least that's what it used to be but it's imp- yeah but scientists you can make to start you imp- can easier make the case for macroevolution if that's not true anymore oh so we could just call it oh yeah this species came from this species we actually witnessed it happen and it's like no you didn't witness it happen (laughs) you witnessed one species change a little bit that's what you witnessed yeah you did not witness two species come from each other oh well um i got another science one where was it okay so what uh nasa has announced two new missions to venus Oh, okay. For, uh, 2028 and 2030. So the last mission to Venus, specifically to Venus, mm-hmm. was the Magellan mission in 1989. It's so it, it's been a while since we've been there. Um, and we're going to map out the, uh, the surface and things like that. How do, this how is do gonna you be even a, map that out? Well, probably instruments from, it's probably, um, from the air, like, uh, I mean, yeah, circ- yeah, I know. Orbit I'm around just, the I'm planet, saying, but the but, yeah, atmosphere the is stuff, so. I don't. Know, maybe they have the some atmosphere kind of, is ninety times thicker than the atmosphere of the Earth, but probably denser, radar can I penetrate think. that. I mean, yeah. maybe they've got a radar-based ground mapping. Uh, it's like instrument practically or water. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a thick. It's like being in a super sauna. You know another thing is how do they get how do they get these satellites to stay functional that close to the sun? That's another thing that amazes me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean the amount of radiation hitting those things from the sun. Mhm. It's got to be incredible. Yeah, they, they yeah, they, you know that they have to have some kind of extra shielding on those. So, anyway, uh they very hardened course, electronics. Yeah. It's a long time from now, not till 2028 20, and 2030, 20, but mm-hmm. still kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're still doing some things in space. Um, Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit has tested positive for a drug test and now faces disqualification. What I don't understand is disqualification as in you can no longer race or disqualification as in we give the you did not win the, the Kentucky up. Derby. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works in horse racing. Do you? Honestly, I don't know how it works in do you rem- racing sports, too. Do you remember the Kentucky Derby where uh, the guy broke out of his lane and bumped the winner, the guy who was winning? The guy who was winning dropped back because he got ran into, and then another guy flew out in front and won? No. It was a few years ago. I've never been aware of a specific Kentucky Derby. I, I watched the race, and I was sitting there. I was like, wait a minute. That guy just came in and, like, bumped him, which I know you're not allowed to do. And and that caused him to lose and another guy to win. And I remember watching it, thinking about this. I wonder if that's legal. 
and apparently it's not legal, but uh, the the loser made a big deal about it because it was like, hey, I was winning, yeah. and <laughs> now this other guy wins. Well, we'll but, see see how oh well. they do then. Whether they they I remember it was a big thing. It was a couple what? years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all I got. Okay. Well, I got a few things. I didn't think I was going to have very much today, but but I do have a few. Um, okay. The first one is my Walmart story. Um, so oh, yay. <laughs> this doesn't happen in the store. So apparently, Walmart in uh, a uh, town of Central Maine. Uh, felt it's kind of funny. The guy's name is Tony Bennett. Um, a couple of nearby towns, they accumulated large amounts of trash that you know at the stores, and they basically like pushed all the trash down to a river embankment, like it, like the store did. Yeah, a hundred foot wide, twenty feet wide, or hundred foot long, twenty feet wide swath. Um, Jeez. And I guess this is still. Land that Walmart owns, though, so they just kind of pushed it out of the parking lot down the embankment towards the river, not in the river, but onto the river embankment. So he's okay. like, he's like so disgusted by this that he goes and starts picking it up, picking the trash up, and put it in the trash bags. They called the police on him and told him he had to leave. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> and they, huh. <laughs> I guess they, they they told reporters that the company headquarters was sending a cleanup crew to take care of the trash. But it's like, okay, why couldn't you just take a click? Because well, maybe they were literally running their own little uh, uh, certified uh, trash dump land landfill. landfill? I, yeah, who dump. knows? I, but I mean, I mean, they could have said that if that's the case. But maybe then the local ta- the townspeople wouldn't have liked that very much. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Um. So well, there's, there's a couple weird little things there. That reminds me of uh, the the Arlo Guthrie song, the Allison's Restaurant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where he <laughs> they threw away the uh, the trash and then got went to prison for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, this one is kind of all the rest of them actually are not like funny, but but they're just kind of. Um, fun um but this one a guy from arkansas caught a fish and if you look at it you're like oh yeah that's a goldfish but look closer well no it's it's actually you know based on the shape and everything it's a largemouth bass (laughs) and apparently he this is like an extremely rare like one in a million fish that he caught a gold colored largemouth bass i i kind of suspect maybe it's an albino or something like that um and then he was he, it he ended up throwing it a back. Breed? What's that? Or is it like a mutation? Uh Xanthrochroism is a genetic variation in various vertebrates characterized by local or general absence of black or brown pigments. Basically yeah, it is that. Yeah. It's so basically it's, it's like a, a mutation. Uh, an albino. Yeah, like an albino fish. Yeah. Okay. Um that's cool. So yeah, it is cool. He ended up throwing it back. I wonder how big a fight it put up. Uh, I don't know, but it's a few pounds. Um, mm-hmm. They've got a picture of him holding it. Um, okay, so then uh, another wildlife uh, thing. There's oh gosh, there's actually a video of this. So I guess these bear cubs um, were like 
walking along a wall with their mama and these dogs came out and started yapping at them and the bear cubs ran away but the mama started swiping at the dogs well this this 17 year old girl who i guess is the owner of these dogs like panicked and went into uh you know i guess her own mama bear mode and went and shoved the bear off the wall Wow. I know. It's like, that could have gone badly they've for They've got her. a video so, of her doing that? They've got a video, and it's very clear. It's like taken from, you know, like, I don't know, one of those... Uh, These black bears? Can't, uh, it is a black, but, you know, the thing is, it's not black colored, but I think it's a black bear species. Okay. Um, but See, when we go down to the gorge, uh, we're always warned out, very be careful, bears. Yeah. Uh, but I am... I'm convinced I can outrun one. I've heard that um, you might be able to outrun one short term. Like you could run faster than one, but I've heard that they yeah. don't give up. Oh, well, that they would keep going and going I'm and thinking, going. yeah. I had a plan that if, okay, so we're camping, let's say, in the middle of the night, we wake up, ah, there's a bear. Um, and like some of the people in the group are kind of bigger and slower than the rest of us. So my plan was, I'm, and, and I always bet my, my kids and I talk about this and, and we have a running bet that this will happen someday. I'm going to run up and spank the bear and then run away and, and kind of, uh, keep it busy while somebody gets their gun or whatever so that they can finally get rid of it. But, um, if I ever see a black bear, and I'm able to get close enough to it, I am going to spank it. Hopefully somebody will film that, and it'll be even cooler than the girl who <laughs> person, the bear off the wall. Whoever's dumb enough to film it is going to be the one the bear ends up getting. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, that's just it. I'm going to distract him, you know? Uh, well, He'll go after see. me, because I'm the one who came up and spanked him. I don't think the bear makes the distinction. It's like, okay, I'm in a situation. I'm going to go after whoever's nearby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I hope you read a lot more about bears before you do something like that. And let me get up into a tree. No, no, never mind. Bears can climb trees. No, not (laughs) climb trees faster than we can. But you know, I can climb a tree pretty darn fast. I just. You know what? I can climb down. Also, I can get down from a tree. Yeah. Well, bears are slowed down more than up, I think. But oh, I'm not okay. sure. Well, there you go. All right. So I'll just climb up and then jump down. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got a, uh, a guy returns, and I thought you'd appreciate this, a Bob Dylan album to an Ohio library 48 years late. Huh. Bob, Bob Dylan's self-portrait album. Uh, I guess he checked it out in 1973 from University Heights Library. Uh, recently returned it, um, along with a payment of $175. I guess that's considered the replacement. $175? That's the fee, yeah, for uh, 48 years. No, it's the replacement cost rather than an actual like uh, accumulated fee or whatever. Replacement cost is $499. No, I can get a vinyl for $14. Excuse me, fourteen eighty eight. 
I don't know. He said replace. That's the what, what replacement songs are fee on there. I don't know, but I'm the replacement for, uh, fee would be for an unplayed vinyl. I wonder all the all the tired horses. Uh, I don't see anything really all that great. Is on... it more of a? Deep, I'm gonna have to. I know I've got it. I'll have to. Oh, listen you have to that it one. Okay. And see I if there's anything. Well, I have his. As far as I know, I have his full discography mm. uh, as collected by pirates yeah. across America. So I guess I this, probably uh, have this one. If not, I'll get it. This album tra- traveled but, all the way to San Francisco and back <laughs> before being returned huh. to the library 48 years later. <laughs> I see. Here's the thing. I I wonder if like he has some kind of reason he wants to go to the library and, he, and they're like, uh, "Well, you need to return this album." Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I, I need to check something that. out. Well, shoot. Gosh, I didn't know about that. Let me go get the I album. can't imagine any other reason to, to bring to it back. Do that other than if if you needed to. No, uh, that's not it because it, he mailed it back. Oh, he mailed Yeah, but okay. Along with if a you, letter apologizing for the tardiness. If you. That sounds uh, like a guy who's just most like local libraries in life. <laughs> give you access to databases like Eric. And research databases, free access. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to use those databases to do some kind of research, um, you can do it through your library, but you have to have a library account. Oh, well, what, what he said I've is, done it. he just said that as a recent retiree, I'm taking the opportunity to turn my attention to some of the many vignettes of life that by dint of career and family have been neglected these many years. And this huh. was one of them. Okay. <laughs> Well, good for you. I'm I getting guess. old. I, I feel know. bad I about having this album. So I would have. I would have not bothered. Yeah. <laughs> As if they still care. Give out vinyl records. Yeah. To yeah. Where is? Where exactly in the library yeah. are they going to put that? What part of their collection would that? Go in? Right. Now if they just happen to have it, it'll go into some kind of museum. Yeah, part that's right. Of the library. Okay. All right. Anyway. Okay. Final one. Uh, this is in London, uh, and this is actually kind of cool. I, I don't know how many people would would uh, you know would would like this, would make use of it, or what. But in London, they've got a a sky uh, a pool. Okay, so you can imagine a pool on top of like a skyscraper building, right? Well, imagine a yeah. pool that is suspended between two skyscrapers, and then mm. imagine the bottom of the pool. Being transparent. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you saying pole? Pool. P-O-L-E? No. Swimming pool. A swimming pool on top of a skyscraper. Yeah, you can have a swimming... You've seen that swimming pool on top of buildings. But imagine one suspended yeah. between two skyscrapers. How would you even do that? And then imagine the bottom of that pool being transparent. I can't imagine that being a, an existing thing. 115 feet in the air between two London skyscrapers. You can see pictures of it. Twitter. There's some Twitter uh, videos of it and stuff that are pretty cool. Show people, you know, jumping around, swimming and stuff. There's, Is 115 feet really all that high? Well, I don't know. I, I, would you call that a skyscraper? You know what? I probably wouldn't, but who knows? In London... I mean, in London, you need a... Maybe they don't know how to make big buildings. You need a license London, to watch TV in London. So, you know, maybe that's yeah. a skyscraper for If them. I go downtown, there 
115 feet is not a skyscraper. That's just a building. No, I mean, how how tall, how high is but the But I guess tower? for the news story, I don't know. I, I'm going to look Maybe it up. I'm wrong. Maybe 115 is a... Whoops. Tower. We, uh, me and Gus went there. 574 feet. Now, that's a skyscraper. Yeah. Right? That's a skyscraper. Yeah. And I can say a tall building is maybe 250 feet. Okay, but here's the That's thing. That's tall. Dad's house is what, 30, 30, 35 feet tall? Something like that. Okay, stack three no, of those. It's, a, it's about 40. 40? Okay. Okay, three of those. It's three of those That's on top of high. each other. And that twice and suspend a pool beneath it with a see-through bottom. Actually, the whole pool is see-through. It, it, uh, it's suspended, yeah. not just the bottom, but the sides like too. Glass. I wouldn't go swimming in that pool. I totally would. That would be so fun. But yeah, I could see I mean, where you, it would make okay, a lot of people so nervous. You get a get a <laughs> snorkel and just lay there face down on the bottom, looking yeah. down with goggles or whatever, right against the and glass. And you, it's like I'm flying. I'm I know floating, that would be you know? so fun. That's what, yeah. I wouldn't. I've I'm so I guess some people have taken some pictures from below, which you know. I yeah. can't find any in the, I saw pictures well, from below initially, but I can't find any on the page now. We got that, uh, when we were painting Dad's house, uh, Jason rented one of those cherry pickers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a, I don't know if that was 40 foot or 60 foot. I guess it was 40 foot. Yeah, it didn't go 20 feet uh, taller than Dad's house. Dale was the one who controlled it because he was the used one who to using it. them. Yeah. And he would take us each up, you know, up to extend it fully just being in that scared me. I could, my legs were shaking and all rubbery. Now, see, that doesn't make I any sense. I don't like sense being that high because we go to the gorge every year. I know. I, I know, but I get scared when I get close to the edge. I don't get. I know, but you don't start shaking and stuff. I know because I I'm on ground. Oh, you're on the ground. Okay, it's it, once you're off the ground. That, I guess that's the difference. They have some steps that you see. They have some glass steps. I have a really hard time going up those. Uh, I've never been there, to that There's part. glass steps, and then there's a rail, but and, and there's a wall there, but the wall is glass as well. So all you've got is pretty much the rail and like a frame of steps, and that's all you see. Otherwise, you're up there looking down on everything. I, I don't like it. But where and is it this? only goes like two there. or three I've... at UC. Oh, at UC? I thought you were still talking about College. the gorge. Okay. No, I'm talking about at, at a uh, one of the in the medical science building. Okay. Uh, yeah. At UC, um, where I go to every now and then, I'd go there to fix machines. Right. And I, I finally. Did you find uh, another route? Made somebody give me a... They wanted me to come up and fix their machine. I said, look, I'm sorry. You're going to have to meet me down there and give me an elevator pass because I'm not going on them steps. And she said, all right, I'll meet you down there and we'll take the elevator. Hmm. You need a pass for the elevator on a college I, campus? For some reason, it was, I think, because the elevator went to certain floors that weren't accessible from the steps. Oh, okay. So they were only... I don't know. I don't know why. For some reason, I couldn't just take the elevator. Maybe the room I had to get into needed a pass. Um, yeah, I think that's what it was. I don't know. It was a weird thing, but um, I 
You know, okay, that I couldn't go on that. But the the weird part about this is if I when I get to steps, I have a hard I have a hard time walking up steps. I don't know why, I mean, like, but I get to steps, steps and I feel like you run. You go up steps. You go up steps fast. Oh yeah, I and you know I I've been doing it ever since I don't know how long. I got past that because even at work, you run up steps at work. Yeah, I, and I've got these giant tool bags. Some of them weigh like seventy five pounds, but I get to those steps and I'm like, I can't go so slow. Skinny. I got to run up these steps. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to glass steps, and then I'm like, well, now I don't know what to do. <laughs> My instinct is to run, but I know I'm going to fall if I do that, so I'll just take the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I got. Okay. Well, that's all we got time for. Uh, yeah, God. Late. It's like two hours ago. I got to go to bed. Change. All right. Well, well uh, folks, think about what we said. And look, if you couldn't bear with this podcast because of the technical nature of it, We'll do something non-technical next week. Um, of course, if you could, I don't know. You know, some people like it. Yeah. And it wasn't all that technical. I, I did, there's a lot of people who would just skip it. it. No, it wasn't real technical. But it explained technical things. Yeah. And some people just find that so incredibly boring. They don't want to know the explanation. It's like, it works. Who that's all I care cares? about. I don't need yeah. to know how. And I never understood that. <laughs> Me neither. But... You know, we'll see you next week, and as always, circle the beads. Bye. Bye, everyone.